0: Several different uh, avenues or means through which God leads people this is to help us answer the question or the concerns so many of us face on a regular basis. Even after serving the Lord now for 30 years and uh, being a pastor for 20 years, uh, you know I still like I need to know to what's God's will for my life, God where are you leading, really almost on a daily basis as well as a long term basis, we want to be able to follow God's lead better so that we don't waste our lives, there's one thing I've learned in life, you know, (laughs) you get one chance and uh, 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 you make a bad decision and often it means there's consequences in your life for many, many years. That's part of life. That's part of the wonder of life, the challenge of life. So we want to learn how God leads for the purpose of being very keen, very good at following His lead. We look at the first um, that God leads through Revelation, which would be... um, uh, God revealing secrets, revealing truths, revealing uh, general truths as well as specific truths in your life through uh, revelatory means, whether it be supernatural or just an awareness that comes, uh, and talked a bit in depth about that. Last week, we discussed how the dynamic of God leading through conviction. And, um, you know, there's a aspect that. Our convictions need to be based on God's Word, um, but it has to go beyond merely something we read to something we are convinced of, okay? And so it's not just being led by God's Word, but being led by the convictions that are based on God's Word, submitted to God's Word, and that dynamic of being convinced uh, that this is the will of God, That's that's one of the through which God directs your life through conviction. So today we're going to look at the third way that God leads, and it's by leadership. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just think it's kind of funny that I actually have to teach a sermon on that God leads by leaders. You <laughs> so know, God, you think of it, you know, how strange that God might actually use leaders to lead. Yeah. Yeah. Who would have thought? (laughs) But uh, actually, in our day, this is really being challenged. I mean, like there are books. There's a whole movement within the American church uh, that basically makes the argument that God doesn't need leaders anymore. You know, and and actually, uh, you know, those who go to the extreme. are convinced that anyone assuming a leadership role is, is violating something. So I I guess it's just a violation. There you go. Did anybody ever hear of that? There's a resistance to leadership in general. And what it is, it's just a uh, people are following the societal trend. But God uses leadership, and we're going to get into some scripture. But I want to share a little story of something that happened in my life um, a few years back. I forget about 12 years ago, 15 years ago. Uh, one of the experiences that changed my life and the course of my ministry. And it was going to Florida with Kathy, my wife, and receiving a, a week of prayer ministry, counseling, um, through a ministry called Restoring the Foundation. Kilster's ministry. The thing is, God didn't tell me to do it. Fred Wright told me to do it, and Fred Wright is the head of our association. We're not, not related. I love, but uh, Fred and Sharon, his wife, came. Uh, this is when we first joined the Partners in Harvest Association, and he'd been here for a few days. And Kathy and I had the opportunity to have them over, have them over to our house for uh, dinner, and we had the opportunity to share some things that we were facing in our lives, and they actually didn't uh, try to address the issues we brought up, but they did give us specific directions. They literally told us, you need to go to Florida, and you need to go to this week, remember that? (coughs) They were like, you need to do that. And uh, so we did it. And in doing so, Kathy and I experienced significant emotional and spiritual healing just by submitting to that leadership. Um, And and in addition to that, we were introduced to a whole new form of ministry uh, that completely changed how uh, I minister and. uh, how this church ministers and our, one of our core values of the R, of the fire uh, acronym, of restoring our emotional, physical, and spiritual wholeness. That's that's a core value of this church because of what we receive. And, and so it's affected all of your lives, too, because we so emphasize that. So God changed the direction of my life through the leading of Fred Wright, who was in authority over me. And that's just one of many, many examples. I could share from my life how God led me through those in authority over me. Acts chapter 15, 22. If you have your Bible, you can turn to that. Another little story. Um, Acts 15, 22. This is actually. Bible with uh, uh, in, in the Gentile churches, and the Gentiles, most Gentiles were coming and getting saved. And so they, they went back and explained what was happening to the leadership of the early church, which was based in Jerusalem at that time, and told the story, and they were debating as to what needed to be done. How are we going to respond to this? And, and the apostles, the leaders of the church, says it pleased the apostles and elders, <coughs> excuse me, with the whole church, to send chosen men of their company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. So they actually directed Paul and Barnabas to go to Antioch, a different city north of Jerusalem, and uh, commissioned them to, to go and continue to minister to the Gentiles that were being saved. James, who... A historical note. This James is different than the James uh, which was one of the pops uh, one of the disciples of Jesus. This is James, Jesus' older brother. Not older brother, sorry. Let's <laughs> <laughs> <gonna pull> <laughs> we'll delete that from the next. <laughs> Jesus' younger brother. How do we do that? Jesus had a brother and sisters. Uh Talks about him in the New Testament. And James, who became the leader of the church in Jerusalem, known as James the Just. And after Peter led the church initially, but within a short time, uh, James ascended and the that he was the leader of, of the Christian church. Uh, and he stayed in Jerusalem until he was uh, martyred. I forget when. But anyway. So James had, by this time, assumed leadership of the church, and James uh, uh, replied and said, this is what needs to happen uh, concerning the Gentiles and how to minister to them, and he sends them back. One of the commentaries, I'd like to support uh, comment, uh, comments comment on this verse, said, uh, on the part, says, 'Then says, then please hit the apostles and elders with the whole church. Clark says, James determined what ought to be done. And the whole assembly resolved how that should be done. Okay? So it's kind of an interesting differentiation between the role of the leader. This is what needs to be done. And then they all agree, okay, this is how we're going to accomplish that. We're going to send uh, Paul and Barnabas along with some other select people to minister to the Gentiles. So God directed Paul's life through and his ministry through the decision of those. In leadership over him, Paul was very willing to go and submit himself. Uh, if you read through the New Testament and follow his life story, uh, several times he went to the apostles in Jerusalem and submitted his life and was uh, directed, even though he, Paul, ended up being one of the most influential of the apostles. Okay? And planted uh, and brought the gospel message to all of the Gentiles. So even in his life, you see a submission to authority. You know, James didn't ask Paul. James didn't say, Paul, what do you feel best to do? James didn't say, Paul, I think you should pray about taking some of these other people with you. Why don't you pray about that and get back to us?" Did he? No? He didn't say, Paul, what do you feel like to do? Paul, Paul, Okay, are you here? Hello? Anybody home? What did he do? he said, this is what's gonna happen. This is what gonna happen. All four. Right? Didn't have to be talked into it. In fact, we also see this as the most common way that Paul acted throughout the New Testament. He would and throughout the epistles, he is specific instructions to individuals and the churches, over and over, all the way through the New Testament. At one point, he sends Timothy and Erastus, uh, the Macedonian, you can read about that in Acts 19. He sends Timothy, and later at a different point, to the city of Corinth, you read about that in, uh, in 1 Corinthians 4.17. Um, he says that he left Titus, another young pastor that he was training, uh, in Crete. Uh, and he mentions that in uh, Titus 1.5. Uh, it says, for this reason I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking, and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. All right? I love it. You study Paul a lot. He didn't ask Timothy's opinion. He didn't ask, well, Titus, where would, where do you feel led to the ministry? And there's a place for that. Are you hearing me? Okay? But there's also a place... Authority to say this is what needs to be done, do it, okay? And that's that's the way it needs to be, to be done, Alright? Uh, and and in our culture, especially in this this generation, there's a real resistance to that. And I think it's actually kind of funny, you know? It's like, hey, that's how the world works. Now, when you go, when you go, uh, I was thinking this morning on the work. Let's <laughs> you know, say you apply for a job and you get in and. and and uh, here it is. So this is the manager. Uh, uh, so he'll be telling me what to do, and, and, and this is the, you know, the vice, the vice president of the corporation or something like this, and they run the company. It's the manager's boss, and this is the owner, you know. And and I was like, well, it's understood that you're not the manager, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, you're you right. Run into a young person. And and the whole life and and ministry was changed. Remember that a few weeks ago? That was that supernatural revelation that he received that was uh, uh, what changed his life and what changed the world. But he received that supernatural revelation while in the process, while he was following the orders, the command of the apostles and elders. It was while he was sent out, and while he was sent out, being sent out by the apostles on one of his missionary journeys, it was in that context that he received that supernatural revelation, okay? I believe that obedience to God's appointed leadership opens up the opportunity to receive greater revelatory leading. Obedience to God's appointed authority positions you to receive the revelation that God wants you to receive. And if that's true, then the opposite is true. Disobedience or neglect of following godly leadership will prevent you from being in the place, or having to open your mind to receive the revelation that God wants you. Being in right submission to right authority is really important. Uh, if Paul had, well, who is this? James And I'm the one who started. I'm the one who went to the Gentiles. And they're telling me what I have to do? Who did it? You know, if he'd done that, he never would have gone out on the next missionary trip. He never would have gotten that revelation. He never would have ended up here. Okay? All right? So a lot of these stories, sometimes you have to kind of Follow it back and see what position these individuals have receive those supernatural revelations. When we want deeper revelations, we need to understand what positions us, and one of the most important things is being under godly authority. Jesus talks about this dynamic in the parable of the talents, Luke chapter 19, 17. Jesus is telling a story and says that the ruler, the king, said to the faithful servant, says, well done, good and faithful servant, good servant, because you are faithful and very little, I have authority over ten cities. I'm going to authority over ten cities. Alright, if, if we want to be entrusted with greater revelation, we must be faithful with what we're given. Right? This is how God operates, this is just how the world works. Most often. If you're given a little, if you take care of that well, You're given more, because you're proven to be faithful. Okay, it's true in the natural, it's true in the supernatural. It's true in the natural, it's true in the supernatural. God gives you natural things to see if you'll take care of supernatural things. Seriously, Jesus talked about that. Why why would, he said in one place, you know, uh, why would God trust you with true riches? If you can't manage, manage, you can't manage, manage, the material. okay, All right. So by being faithful in the little, enables God and enables others to trust you with more. Submission to those authority over us is a key test that God uses to see if we're ready for greater responsibility. So often I see individuals uh, wasting their lives, literally waiting for some grand revelation about what they should do for the kingdom. But neglecting to do the simple things that they're asked or told to do. Right? Because they're waiting for a, some big, huge hurrah, like they're, you know, doesn't God understand who I am? <laughs> <You know? laughs> All right. No? Alright. i waiting for the letter from the president. Till then? I'm just going to sit here and watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> It's true, listen. There's so much to do. There's so much to do in the There's so much to do. If Jesus is looking for a faithful steward. will do the little things. And listen, in a minute, in a day, we can take someone that no one's ever heard of and, and do something amazing. All right? Um, tens of thousands of people's lives can be changed. It's quick. So plugging away, doing the faithful thing in obscurity, who knows what the result uh, may be? Yeah. Amen? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Don't waste your time. Good to, to, to want and to be open to supernatural revelations, but we can't wait for them to do the work of ministry. To serve and to give your life. To learn what it means to serve in areas that are... Uh, just laborious. It it's positions you for greater things. Let me share a few verses about spiritual leadership. Hebrews thirteen, verse seventeen. This is one y'all should be familiar with. <laughs> all right, we're it from two translations. This is kind of subtle. It's kind of hard to understand. All right, I don't know. <laughs> Obey your spiritual leaders. Now in the Greek, obey means... (laughs) Yeah, obey. Do what you're told. says, and do what they say. Obey them and do what they say. Duh. Instead of amen, you should say duh. (laughs) Duh. Anybody got a dog for me? Okay. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. Give them a reason to do this with joy, and not sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. Message, Hebrews 13 17. Be responsive to your pastoral leaders. Listen to their counsel. They are alert to the condition of your lives and work under strict supervision of God. It's true. It is true. Contribute to the joy of their leadership, not its drudgery. Why would you want to make things harder for them? <laughs> no! 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 12, 8, going through a list of the gifts that God gives. It's one of the main lists of uh, spiritual gifts. He who exhorts an exhortation, he who gives with uh, liberality, he who leads with diligence. So leadership is one of the gifts. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. In the, in the New Living Translation, this is read this way. It says, uh, if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If, if it is giving, give generously. If God is giving you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. If you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. So God has given the gift of leaders to lead. God uses leadership to direct mind. And this is the truth. This is something that some people have found. You know, a good little Leaders love to be led. Leaders love to be led. I'm a leader. I have a gift to Ha, <laughs> ha, With humble hearts, love to be the last human. I like The story in the Old Testament, a whole bunch of people complain about the homeless kid. <laughs> no God did? He remembers yeah. the story. He opened up the ground and he swallowed <laughs> Can you imagine there's like 10,000 people? I there's a group of a million, 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 one to three million, that's what I was And there's this big controversy, and they want to Moses the Lord to no longer be the leader, and Moses the all God and the people. And God says, okay, you. Uh, you know, one of the first things Ron I, I, I don't know if some of you remember Ron Sipsich, was part of the church for many years. one of the first things I remember back before I was pastor, uh, uh, we needed somebody to do an oversee nursery. And so we asked Ron Sipsich you know, uh, to to do it. And he did a great job. He just poured us out and we saw, still, I was still impressed like Man, they a good the other day excellent. And that opened up how many really one had more responsible. Within a year or two they were one of the uh, elders in the church. And now they planted the church of their own. Okay? Uh, Scott and Scott did the same thing. They didn't I mean Scott wouldn't many anything that happened, including you know, digging holes or painting walls or kids ministry, right? And that positioned them to the place where they were able to be set up. Who knows when you're asked to do something simple, like a nursery, be faithful, and and, uh, as a breeder, that that positions you for greater things. Uh, God can use you in a greater way. being used by God gives incredible fulfillment in your life and purpose. It's really a good thing. Uh, if you're diligent uh, to follow God's leading, you'll be positioned so that God can fulfill your desires. You never have yeah. to worry about God using you to fulfill, uh, about God uh, fulfilling your heart's desires. If you're diligent to do all you can to fulfill His desires, okay? If you're diligent to fulfill His desires, He will reciprocate, He'll make sure that the things in your heart, He gives you those desires in your heart, right? Okay. All right, so we have this little illustration. We want to take a minute to talk about this. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Unfortunately, laughs> a clock. Unfortunately. Discipline, we're going to beat our chief. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Unfortunately, listen,
0: I'll just do that this while I'm here. <laughs> so I understand when people come in and they about Hunter. They're about you see him on TV and you just go, Wow. You uh, know. And so, you know but this is why it's important that we see that there's God leads to a numerous inputs and one being uh, revelation that you talked about uh, and whether the any one of the three any one of the three can can be in balance like so you know, it's not just like if you have if you rely only on revelation you know you, you'll be tipsy and hard to you if know? you can rely only on leadership you know you can be balanced for a while but you're not gonna sustain it for long all right? Uh, you're gonna get into an imbalance or you're gonna fall, and it won't you can't it won't bear much weight. Okay? Even if it's just leadership. Then you get into a manipulation kind of thing, all kinds of weird stuff can happen. Um, or even conviction. People have got asked a number of times. <laughs> About the revelation, those are scary people. <laughs> those are really scary people. Someone's strong in conviction and they believe everything they hear and see is from God. Those are wacky people. I'm serious. They're just, even if they're good people, good heart, all right, just wanting to serve God, but they don't have leadership in their life, they're going to be led astray, all right. And there's examples of this in the New Testament. as as well. many examples in the Old Testament of people that started out right and went wrong because they didn't balance the truth. All right? And so if you lack anyone, or if uh, you know, one is really, okay. if one is really uh, uh, strong in life, you have a lot of revelation, for example, but you're weak and... Uh, leadership or weakened conviction, then that's an imbalance. And imbalances mean that your table can't hold much. Doesn't hold a lot of weight. Or your life is unstable. Imbalanced. Right? And so the idea is that we learn to live with revelation. We easily hear God's voice, but we regularly submit that. We don't respond to revelation unless it matches a conviction. In the same way, we don't do everything a leader says just because he's a leader. All right, we 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 but we receive it, but we receive it with all readiness of mind, and then search the scriptures whether these things are so. We go in and test what's being taught and spoken by leaders and see if it matches up with our conviction. All right, and that's that's the way God leads. And if God gives us a dream or a vision or something, that's going to fit in and be part of the package. And if we're yet, if we learn how to do this well, it positions us to do it. Alright? Well there you go. God bless you, Sarah, that's my name.